a snowbird. <laughs> yeah, the sermon today kind of is uh, typifying what I hope to do in a New Year's resolution. I'm going to share it with you. Uh, what's against you if you uh, have any resolutions for 2017? This comes from the, the local newspaper. Uh, Sue Wade has uh, gotten information from the uh, psychologist John C. Norcross at the University of Scranton. 75% of resolutions made on January 1st tend to be kept for one week. Now, if you're over 50, <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> if you're over 50 years of age and you even bother to make resolutions, <laughs> only 14% of you will achieve them. I, I guess I want to be part of that minority, uh, 14%. My resolution is to walk. I've read walking is one of the best exercises. In fact, when I was coming to church today, I, I got here early because three gentlemen, Chuck uh, prayed with me and Jeff and Ron, and um, I got here early because I wanted to have prayer with them. That's what the pastor does. Pastor Clark was telling me, you'll go in there and you may not even feel like preaching. And by the time those men get done praying for you, putting their hands on you, and anointing you to preach the word, you get fired up. <laughs> so on the way to get here early, I must have passed a half a dozen people already out walking in the fog. So I, I'm as committed to this. I've got my uh, I've got my sports watch on. I got this for last Christmas. I don't even know where it was until this Christmas. <laughs> I just figured out how to work it, and I've got it set on uh, the number of steps that you take in a day, and the goal is 10,000. 10,000 steps for my, str my strength, my, what do you call it, the, the, the stride. Thank you. Uh, that's, um, that works out to a little over four miles. So I'm walking that four mile stretch. Now, I live just off Winchester, and Winchester has these great walkways down the side of the road. I mean, they're, they're just beautiful. And there's this couple that really inspire me. They're, they're color-coordinated, and they, they walk down, and they swing their arms like this. I feel like that Ernie Ford song, You See Me Coming, Better Step Aside. You know, one of them has a five-pound weight in each arm. So they're, they're serious about this. And I'm not that serious yet, but I want to walk, and I know it's good for me. And so the sermon today really is about that. It's about walking the walk in 2017. If it's a good exercise for you physically, it's probably a good exercise for you spiritually too. And we'll be able to look at the passages and we'll be able to prove that to you, that you want to walk the walk in 2017. Now we've got some scripture that we'll look at. I'm going to try to go through this. Roger says I need to go fast. So I'll go as fast as I can read it, and then you're reading with me, so you'll get it too. And Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God. Look, look at the, Every time you see walk, just kind of overline, underline that in your mind. Uh, he, after he begat Methuselah 300 uh, years, 
and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Notice, Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. So your walk with God can be very beneficial to you, spiritually speaking. And so here's another one, Genesis 6, 8 through 9. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and, a, and perfect in his generations. Notice, Noah walked with God. And so these are two examples of people in the Scripture who walked with the Lord. Enoch and Noah had that in common. They were delivered from the perils and the trials of their world because of their walk with the Lord. With Enoch, God took him out of the world. With Noah, God destroyed the world around him. This is the characteristic in the Scripture. They walked with the Lord. Now, Noah did something pretty fabulous. In 120 years, he built an ark. In fact, let me encourage you, if you ever get up to Kentucky, you want to see the ark encounter. How many of you have seen that? It's absolutely amazing. And if you go to the Creation Museum that's kind of part of that, take the two days, it will blow your mind what, what Noah did and how God blessed him. But this was a, a daily walk, something that he did over in a extended period of time. That's how important our walk is. But in both cases, these men found mercy and grace from God, not because they did anything great but were, or were heavenly superstars, but the Bible says about both men that they walked with God. So, um, you know, look in the Scripture and you'll find, um, uh, you know, passages that talk about uh, maybe six or seven events in people's lives that they did very well, but it might be scattered over the whole lifetime. But your daily walk with God is what creates the opportunity for the miraculous in your life. Those series of things that God will do that are simply amazing come about through your walk. And so we want to walk with the Lord in 2017. Our relationship with God has always been defined as a walk. We're going to look at some scriptures that will help prove that. Romans 6, 4. Try to find walk. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should say it. Walk. Walk in newness of life. Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Romans 13, 13 and 14. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting, drunkenness, not in chambering, wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. 1 Corinthians 7:17. 7, you can see this is a, an attribute, a quality that the Scripture repeats over and over again. But as God hath distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called every one 
so let him say it now. Walk, walk, and so ordain he ordained in all of the churches. For we walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5.7, Galatians 5.16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And the Scriptures are clear. This is the pattern that we are to live by. Strong's Concordance. You kind of use Strong's Concordance to look up Greek and Hebrew words because the Scripture is defined then. Sometimes the meaning isn't exactly the same as Webster's Dictionary, but it is this time. defines walk as a journey going forth to go along. To be going forth and to go along with the Lord. You're walking with the Lord. The idea is that we're moving along with, we're progressing with God. We're moving with Him on a daily basis. Isaiah 40:31 says, And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Powerful Scripture, Hebrews 12:1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. It's a different kind of race. It's not the fastest who will win this race. In fact, Solomon makes it clear that the race is not always to the swift. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not always to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happeneth to them all. Notice the race is not to the swift. There's something about this race. Jesus says the people that will win this race will endure it to the end. We want to be those who will endure to the end. Those are the ones, according to Jesus, who will be saved. And so we can praise the Lord for this wonderful advice. Now down in Florida, I've noticed... There are a lot of turtles. I mean, they're like plodding across the road. In fact, my dad was driving from, um, it must have been the Fort Myers Airport. Is that what it's called? It's down there, you know, on 75. And he was coming back on Route 75. He saw the car swerve in front of him. He didn't know why. And all of a sudden, he was right on top of a turtle. It just smashed it to smithereens. He didn't want to hit it, but he did. And uh, what happened when the turtle shell broke, the shell went up underneath the car and hit the transmission pan, put a hole in it. He made it, I think, about another mile and a half before the transmission went out of the car. So avoid the turtles, okay? They, they, they can do damage. But you've heard the story. My favorite cartoon was with Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny the rabbit comes to the turtle and says, let's have a race. 
Epictetus was so certain he was going to beat him. And the turtle says, okay. So they start the race, and you know, the turtle's just kind of plodding along and, and, uh, and taking, it, taking it easy the way a turtle goes. And the uh, rabbit's just running, Bugs Bunny, all circles around them, back and forth and running sideways and around in a circle and just having a great time beating uh, this slow, worthless turtle. But then the rabbit decides he's going to take a rest, right? And uh, takes a little nap, and he knows he's going to be able to win anyway. And the turtle keeps plodding along in its walk until finally it crosses the finish line. And the rabbit wakes up and, of course, has lost the race to the steadiness of the turtle. We want to be those people who walk steadily with the Lord in 2017. In Genesis 13, God gives Abraham some great promises. Now, you remember, Abraham was a nomad. Abraham lived in a tent. Part of the reason Hebrew tells us he was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. And so um, God had an important word for him. He says to Abram, after that lot was separated from him, lift up your eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest to thee, I will give it and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Notice verse 17. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. So Abraham removed himself from the tent. He came and he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron. He built there an altar unto the Lord. And this begins the understanding that Abraham had to be walking through the land. Wherever Abraham went, whatever he was looking at, he was going to possess. He was going to have that land because God had promised it through to him. He would possess it when he walked through it. God will take you through things that are difficult. But once you've been through that difficult thing, it's amazing what you learn by that walk. You can learn something that will help other people. You might wonder why God takes you through a very difficult experience. But after you've gone through it, you can help people like never before. You have an empathy for people like you've never imagined possible. You've been there. You've walked in their shoes. You know what they're going through. That's why Pastor Clark's such a great pastor. God's taken him through some very difficult things. But he'll be your friend like no other friend when you're going through something hard because he's been there and he's gone through it. God will take us through the valleys so that we can be of assistance to others and we can help others along. So, he walked through it, and as he kept walking, he kept gaining ground. The more you walk through life, the better equipped you are to help people. That's why us old folks have a little more knowledge than the young. Hey, we do. We've been through it. We know what it's like. As he walked along, he kept gaining territory. What's the enemy of our soul want us to do? Quit! Stop believing. Stop going to church. 
Turn into a recluse. Be negative. And you'll stop doing the will of God. God will stop working in your life when you quit walking. And so we want to be those people who walk along. As we walk, we're gaining territory. The enemy of our soul wants us to quit. As long as we are walking with God, the victory is ours. We want to experience that victory in our life on a daily basis. Here we go. David said in Psalms 23:4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. When you walk through the valley, notice David didn't stay there. Sometimes we think, hey, well, I'm going through the valley and I'm not coming out. Well, you're not walking through it then. God wants us to go through the valleys, through the difficulties, through the troubles. He'll be with us. When you do that, God will comfort you and give you the victory. Job 23.11 My foot hath held his steps, his way have I kept. I am not declined. So, we look at this passage in uh, verse 11. This is from the NIV. Same passage, but it's just a little bit different translation. My feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept to his way without turning aside. And the idea here is that you're not walking by yourself. You're following in the footprints, the steps that Jesus has laid out for you. The ones who get the victory are the ones who keep walking, walking with the Lord, doing God's will, serving Him. We want to walk the walk in 2017. We want to be found faithful. Now, the Lord promises us that He will never leave us or forsake us. He's going to be going with you. He'll be there all the time. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Maybe you've seen the mural or the passage that talks about footprints in the sand and, and uh, you're walking along and, and suddenly uh, Jesus is there with you walking and you're thrilled with that and all of a sudden uh, there's only one set of prints in the sand and, and you, you go to the Lord and say, well, that's the time I needed you the most. Where were you? And the epic relationship that God has with you tells then exactly what occurred. He says, those were my footprints when I carried you. Those were the only tracks. They were my tracks. That's living proof that the Lord is with you. Now, in Daniel chapter 3, verse 23, three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. You know the story. They wouldn't worship the, the king's idol. And... Um, the king said, well, if you don't, I'm going to give you opportunity again. I've heard you wouldn't, but I'm, if you come and you kneel down before me when the trumpet sounds and, and the music is sounding, then I won't throw you into the furnace. But if you don't, then into the furnace you will go. And they said, well, king, we're not going to worship your image. We're not going to do it if the Lord saves us okay. If he doesn't, that's okay too. But we're not going to bow down. You remember how angry Nebuchadnezzar got. He had the furnace heated up. 
many, many times over. Was it seven times, ten times harder than it normally would be? And he, uh, he was just so angry. And he got all of his uh, people to help throw in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And even the men that threw them into the fire were burnt up. That's how hot the fire had been made. But when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell into the furnace, Nebuchadnezzar sees a strange sight. He looks up and he says, how many people did we throw in there? And they told him we threw three. But he says, I see four. I see one like unto the Son of Man. They're walking through the fire, walking through the fire with them. It just goes to show you that in the difficult times, God will be with you. When you decide you're going to honor Him, the Lord will take care of you. He will never leave you. I want to talk to you about some old fighting tactics. You'll find it in Judges chapter 6. I said no toes, no go. You'll find out what it means in just a second. Judges chapter 1 verse 6. These three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, bow down into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. I guess that was the wrong passage. <laughs> well, here's, here's what happens. When you went into battle, you, you'd be fighting against very terrible odds. And you'd find the mightiest men that you had to fight, and you would cut off their thumbs and their toes. Now, there's, there's a man back there. I talked to him just before the service. He's sitting in the last row. There, there you are. Got his hand waving. He has his arm bandaged up. They operated on his thumb. And it's going to be a few more days or, or weeks until you get that all taken out of there and start the therapy to try to get that working the way it should. It's numb now. In fact, these two fingers, right, they're, they're not like they should be. And I said, well, what's that like? And he said, you can't imagine how difficult it is not having your thumb. Imagine not having your big toe. Think, well, I've got four others. That's not so bad. Well, you try walking without your big toe, and you're in big trouble. That's what they would do. They would try to defeat those who would make up war against them by cutting off their big toes and their fingers. They couldn't pull the bow to shoot it. They couldn't throw a spear properly without their thumbs. They couldn't walk or march into battle without their big toes. That's how important the walk was that they had, and they needed to do that. Also, when they got a little more um, inventive, what they would do is put spikes in the ground. You're walking along, and then all of a sudden, you step on something that runs up through your feet. And when you get something in your foot, you recognize it right away. That's how I learned about fire ants in Florida. It's just a little thing. You would think that can't be biting me. It must be all teeth. And it's a sting or something, but you know right away you better do something with that because it hurts and it hurts bad. If your feet get hurt, sharp objects. I saw something just the other day. It was, it was in the news. Uh, right in front of the uh, windows of a uh, store, they put spikes up through the cement so that people that would try to break in 
would step on those spikes before they could get into the store. That would hurt. And so, uh, this is a way to maim people, to keep them from keep keep them from going on to the walk with the Lord. Ephesians 5:15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So if I have a weakness, I want to be careful where I go. Now, the purpose for my walking is to lose weight. Uh, I just well, I need to lose weight. When I graduated, I was 135 pounds and 6 feet tall. Well, that was too skinny. But, you know, I'd feel a lot better if I weren't 219 and I were 185. And uh, I've, I've done a lot of different things. <laughs> I've tried Neustra system. Oh, Ah, uh, what else? So, uh, South Beach Diet. Now, that's pretty good when you're down south, but when you go back north, it doesn't work. Recently, I got this stuff called LA3. You take two pills in the morning of one kind of thing, and you do it on an empty stomach. What I found out is those pills get stuck in your throat when you try to take them on an empty stomach. No wonder they have you drink a lot of water. So I've been doing that two weeks now, and I've gained three pounds. <laughs> Alex is right. He says you cannot lose weight at Christmas time. Don't even try it. But I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that I can get to the right weight. This is something I'm battling with. This is a, uh, I don't smoke and I don't drink, but I eat. So, you know, you can be a glutton and that's wrong. And so God will just work on you in the area that He knows you need the help in. And the trouble with eating is you just can't stop it like you could stop drinking or stop smoking or something like that. You have to continue eating. You've got to eat something. And I find that the more that I walk, the more I want to eat. So it's a conundrum. Yeah, you just can't. What are you going to do? Well, it's going to take supernatural strength. I've decided if this is going to work, it's going to be the grace of God that enables me and not some other plan. That's what's going to make me successful in my walk with the Lord. Pray for me. I need to lose weight. Now, part of the armor of God. We're almost done. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Notice, feet shod, the walk part that walks. Well, why do I need to protect my feet? No vital organs. People can live a long time without their feet. We need to keep walking, though, to be in God's will. Keep doing the things that God has instructed us to do. Keep moving along. Keep walking the walk in 2017. That should be our goal. So what was the hallmark? Enoch, Noah, Abraham. In fact, if you look at all the great people in the Bible, they all walked with God. They walked with the Lord. And they did it on a daily basis. So that's going to be our success mark in 2017. That will make us able to live a life worthy of our calling of the Lord. Walk with God through His Word. That's the first thing we want to do. You can't walk with God without the Word of God. 
That's why these Bible studies are so important. That's why you have family devotions. What we do in our house is, uh, one night, my wife will read the scripture, and then I pray, and then the next night, I will read the scripture, and she prays. And I love her prayers. I mean, they're just, she never forgets anything. She can go on for hours. It's just a marvelous thing to, to hear her pray. And we're, it's, it's great to have that time of worshiping God together. We'll talk about the church and talk about, I can't tell you how blessed you are to have a band like you have up here that want to serve God and use their talents for the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes I think if I had to leave right after they got done, I'd still be blessed. That's right. So we want to walk with God through His Word. The Scripture makes this clear. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman, not something we dilly-dally with, but a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. I take the Scripture and I make a plan. You can too. It's very easy. I'll give you mine. You read through the Bible in a year. You read part of Psalms every day. Proverbs every day. You read uh, Old Testament passages, and you read New Testament passages. Now, I finished for this year, but you know what I do? I start right over again. And it's amazing, as you read the Scripture the third, the fourth, the fifth, the hundredth time, God will still teach you something you never saw before in His Word. It's applying it then to your life that makes all of the difference. We need to walk with each other in the Lord. Now notice this. It says, not to forsake the gathering of ourselves together as a manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So neglecting the assembling of yourself is when there's church, you know, you go. You go in the morning, you go in the evening. For years and years and years, I pastored just one church for 40 years. We had five services. I was at every one of them. And so were a lot of other people. And we got blessed because of that. And God, now, here's what's happened. You know, we saw the young people coming up in our church, kids that, that I taught in our Christian school when they were in kindergarten. When they, they're, they're running the church now. That's why I can be in Florida. I have a pastor who we taught when she was in kindergarten. Pastor Lori is a very gifted speaker. Now, there were times, this will show you how the Lord will advance your understanding of the Word of God. I thought, no woman can ever be a pastor. But then I read the Scripture that says there's neither male nor female in Christ. When we, uh, when we select an elder in our church... It has to be, there's a motion for that to pass in a board meeting. Then the board has to vote on that. And then the congregation has to vote on it. But then we do something else. We put marbles in a bag. There's one white one and maybe several other colors. The white marble means that God has chosen you and you're now able to serve, and the other means not yet. 
And for every position of leadership in our church, it goes through that routine. The only person selected in eldership that is to be pastor with me was Pastor Lori, a woman. And she preaches the Word. I mean, if you listen to her, you'd say, I'm going to that church because God is blessing her. God has anointed her. And I'm so thrilled that we believe God can enable us to walk in faith. And so, we want to do that without faith. It's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So our faith uh, comes into greater existence through the hearing of the Word of God. The more you hear, the more you'll believe. The more you believe, the more you'll apply the Word of God. Finally this. We want to walk in peace. Peace that passes understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Peace that goes beyond your reasoning ability. You don't, even, you don't have to, you can't explain it. You have a perfect peace. Uh, Carrie and I were talking just during the uh, service. She, we were talking about Rotunda, how it's built like a wagon wheel, and you have the center and then the spokes going out. And I was telling her, I still get lost here. I mean, I can get very lost. The only thing that saves me is that Placida goes around the outside, and eventually if you go in one direction long enough, you'll hit Placida. Then you can get back home again. And so, But she says, you know, for a long time people thought that the center of the hub would be a perfect place for a bomb to hit. It would just destroy everything. It's like a bullseye. But how many of you have peace about living in Rotunda? I mean, I do. I'm not worried at all. When I was growing up, Pittsburgh was the steel capital of the world. They always said, if there's a bomb going to go off, they're going to hit Pittsburgh. If it hits Pittsburgh, it hits us. But I'm not worried. The steel mills are closed. <laughs> no, there, there's new industry. <laughs> you don't have to worry when you have peace with God. The worst thing that could happen to you, humanly speaking, is that you would die. But it will be the best day of your life, spiritually. You're going to close your eyes on earth. You're going to open your eyes in heaven. It'll be wonderful to say, Lord, why did you wait so long to take me home? I mean, that's the kind of peace that you have Beyond the, you can't explain that. It just is the way that you feel, and you know that the Lord has been good to you when you're not, when you, like Mitch was singing, I don't have any fear. The fear is gone. I'm in the eye of the storm. It's safe there. So we want to walk in peace. Is that the end, uh, Roger? Yeah, walk. The walk in 2017. Let's do that together. Let's see this be the most blessed year that we have ever had. Thank you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, give us that perfect peace. Give us a hunger for Your Word. Give us, Lord, the desire to share Your Word, Your truth with others. 
Give us, Lord, that walk of faith. It will take us anywhere in Christ without the fear of anything around us. Satan becomes trapped under our feet as we walk about to do Your will. Let that be the case this year in 2017. We've been called into this community to walk through it for Christ, to invite people to church, to see ourselves fed in, in the Word of God, to share that Word with others, to be missionaries to all the folks around this area. Lord, let this church be filled with people who want the Lord and desire to share it with others. We pray in 2017, make this the greatest year of our life, spiritually speaking, because we are walking with God. We pray in Jesus' name. We're going to sing a song. Just stick with us a little bit longer. 